welcome to the Beastie Bothy, where we discuss our favourite Scottish creatures every month. I'm Roisin. And I'm not Rosie. That's right. Rosie challenged a pet to a drinking contest, so is taking the next fortnight to recover from the hangover. Instead, Rebecca... Hello. ...is joining us in the Bothy to talk about her favourite beast. To start us off, as always, let's play Guess the Beastie. And this month, Rebecca has brought a mystery beast to the Bothy. Yes, it's right here in my bag. And oh, jeez, don't <laughs> bring a dangerous beast into the house, well, Rebecca. It's a shapeshifter. That's my first clue. Yeah, does that give you anything? No, give me another. It eats sheep, cows, and sometimes little cute baby otters. No one's Baby whole... otters? Not the adults, well, just the babies. Yeah, the adults too. Okay. But they're all really cute. Ooh, unfortunately, every beast more or less in folklore, tends to eat some kind of human or livestock. So, does not narrow it down for me. I need another clue, please. Okay. It makes a noise like this. (laughs) (laughs) That was the noise of an angry bull. Okay. Yeah, no, it doesn't help. doesn't help. No, okay. Right, so, shapeshifter. I, okay, the shapeshifter I'm familiar with in Mm -hmm. Scotland is... The pucka. Is it the pucka? It's not the pucka. Can you please reveal what the mystery beast of the month is? The beastie is the boobery. That's a great name. Right? Isn't it fantastic? fantastic name. Okay, so can you tell us please what exactly is a boobery? Um, so it's a big mythical bird. It's described as being similar to a cormorant or a great northern diver. And it eats sheep, cows and otters for the most part. But if a farmer or someone else gets in its way, it will also carry them off. And um, I was going to say defeat it. Devour <laughs> it. <laughs> too. Where, how is it finding sheep, cows and otters like in the same bit? Well... It tends to attack um, livestock that are in transit on a boat. Oh, that is a thing they used yeah. to do. And there's a warning, I read a warning saying that like you have to be careful if you're on one of these ships, like if you're a sailor, if you're leaning over the side of the boat, I don't know, just to look at the water, you'd be careful because the boobery might just come and like swipe you up. Jeez, what are the size Take of these things? Um... It depends. Some of the... It, it's quite big, between like maybe three foot and like six foot. Mm-hmm. So it can get quite large. Six foot? Yeah. It's big, a big bird. Big, big bird. But this is where it gets a little bit fun. So, the boobery, as we said, is a shapeshifter. And it doesn't just take the form of a big evil bird. It can also turn into two other types um, of creatures in Scottish folklore, which is the water bull and the water horse. Mm. So that is uh, Tarvushka and uh, Ikushka in Gaelic. Um, And I thought it was interesting that it can shapeshift into both of these things because I've always found that water bulls seem to be more benevolent than water horses. Yeah. So like the stories of water horses or kelpies or whatever... They're always carrying people off to drown them, apart from in the Kelpie's chimney. It's what they like to do. Yeah, it's their, it's their thing. Um, whereas water bulls always seem to be helping people. So the black bull of Norway um, and the Kelpie and the water bull, the bulls both help um, young women who are endangered. And then in the white cow of Lewis, it's not a bull, but it is a cow. Mm-hmm. Um, it 
AIDS in a less active way because it, lo- it gives lots of milk to a starving community. So I just thought it was interesting that this like evil bird yeah. turns into both. There's like a duality to it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's true chaotic. Yes! They'll <laughs> decide whether it's going to be like good or evil on any given day. It just depends on what side Flip of the bed. Coin. You know, I can relate. Yeah. Fair. I like how, so it's turning into the water bull and the water horse, which are again two beasties. It's yes. not turning into like a cat. Mm-hmm. And normally when you have a shape-shifting creature, it's always about how it takes something like innocent, something you trust, and turns into a, a monster from that. Yeah. This one, it's always like the monster. Yeah. Regardless of what form it takes. Hmm. Um, so the reason why I would say it's one of my favourite beasties is, as we've said, they're shapeshifters. Um, and I mean... Really, the reason is just what I was just saying, the kind of duality of it and the fact that it can turn into both a bull and a water horse. And what I've wondered is, I wonder how many stories that we have about water bulls and water horses, how many of them are actually about the boobry? Yeah. You get a lot of blending of mm. folklore together, so you don't know how... Yeah. If Is it, is it a boobry? Is it a water bull? Maybe the water bull is the one that can actually transform maybe into a boobry. maybe we just don't know what these things know. um the second reason i like it um oh it can also turn into a blood-sucking insect in some Same. sources that's Cat- just girl summer <laughs> <laughs> so the second reason it's one of my favorites is the noise it makes um as i so incredibly that accurately a real experience demonstrated that earlier has on. changed the way i think about you <laughs> As in, I've lost a tremendous amount of respect. Oh, in a couple of sources I read, it said that the noise it makes is like a roaring bull, and I just thought like a big fat bird making the noise of a roaring bull was just an incredible image. Um, and the third reason I like it is the name, because it's called a bibri. <laughs> the etymology of the bibri is uh, Gaelic bovra, I think that's how it's pronounced, and it means cow giver or cow bestowing. <laughs> bestows upon you a cow it does or an evil horse (laughs) i do actually know of one story of the boobry and this comes from george henderson's survival in belief among the celts which is published in 1911 and he tells a story about a farmer who was plowing some land on the banks of loch frieza in mull one of the horses cast a shoe but they were a good nine miles from the closest smithy, meaning the farmer would have to stop ploughing entirely and seek out a replacement, wasting the day. His son points out a horse feeding beside the loch, suggesting they borrow him from his owners until they can finish ploughing. Happily, the horse seemed quite accustomed to the work and proceeded perfectly steadily until they reached the end of the furrow closest to the loch. It suddenly refused to turn away. The farmer gently used the whip to encourage it, and that appeared to be the last straw for the poor horsey. So it immediately turned into the form of an enormous boobry, roaring so loud it shook the earth. Rebecca? <gasps> it plunged into the loch, taking it with it the other three horses and the plough. There it swam to the very middle of the loch before diving. So the farmer and his son retreated to a large stone in the field, trying to hide um, from the boobry, but they were hoping maybe if they stayed nearby and their horses appeared, they could grab them and run. But seven hours later, no creature stirred in the loch, and all was lost. So this is framed as evil, terrible boobry attacking poor, poor farmers. Like it was whipped. So. Yeah, 
this article was written by the farmer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Check your sources. <laughs> we need to write a series of folklore <laughs> told from the perspective <laughs> the bo- of the monster being yes. like, don't know what's going on. I'm being hunted. Mm-hmm. Do you have any stories about the boobery? Well, I've got one that's a bit more favourable. Um, Ooh, a good boobery. A good, a good boobery. A bonny boobery. A bonny boobery, if you oh, like. Yes. A bra boobery. A bra boobery. A bra and bonny boobery. Oh. <laughs> this one comes from Popular Tales of the West Highlands by J. Campbell. So there was a young man wandering along the side of Loch Nan Dovran in Argyll, um, and he found a wounded bull lying at the side there, and he nursed it back to health. Um, and a few months later, after that, um, you know, the days passed without incident, and his lover was attacked by her ex on the side of the very same loch and then she was rescued by a water bull that knocked down the attacker and the bull allowed her to get on its back and carried her to safety before disappearing into the night and it's believed that this bull was a boobery once again taking the form of the bull yeah yeah and there's lots of really positive stories about a water bull as well as you Mm -hmm. were saying yeah so it can be I think benevolent and malicious. Yeah, I. Th- it kind of feels like it's true neutral in that it's evil to the people who are evil to it. Yeah. And repays the people that are kind to it. Yeah, and we do have a lot of stories about um, farmers and fishermen seeing a boobry trying to get close to it, and the only thing the boobry does is vanish under mm. the waves. Like yeah. it just won't. It doesn't tend to attack head on. I mean, there of course there are stories of it attacking ships. And animals in transit, but then like girls need to eat. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> girl dinner. Girl dinner. But it's like if a delivery driver <laughs> went past you and you just punched into the side <laughs> of the bag and took the food. <laughs> if that was socially acceptable. I would. <laughs> I would. I'd smell the, the shake shack in there and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> girls got <a> hunt. <laughs> girls, that's how we hunt in twenty twenty three. Bird facts. Bird facts. Bird bird facts. Welcome to Bird Facts, the podcast within a podcast, where we're going to be talking about birds and the boobery. So there's a lot of real birds that live in Scotland. We're a birdie nation, and some of these birds may have been a boobery may have been mistaken for a boobery. Perhaps a boobery has been mistaken for a bird. So many bees. Um, so the first bird that we can't, we might have here is a cormorant. So a cormorant is a fishing bird. There's a long neck that makes it feel almost reptilian like a dinosaur. And it, when it is drying off its wings after it's been for a wee swim, it'll stand on a rock with its wings stretched out wide, which can be quite an intimidating picture, actually. Um, and they're seen as very greedy because they're great fishers and they are often at odds with anglers. They will take a fish right off your line. But they can be trained. There's a whole group of people uh-huh. in China who have trained their cormorants to fish for them. No which is way. really cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Do you think that the bibri is actually a piece of propaganda by anglers? against the cormorant yeah like, so you should to, see it you sh- it's evil and you to should demonize the cormorant i don't know because the description of the boobery is so 
Like, they know exactly the size. They can tell you that the beak was 17 inches. Mm. Like, they've got such a physical description of it, which for other beasties we have, it tends to be very much like, oh, it looks like a dog, and it's green, or sometimes white, or sometimes black, (laughs) but it's the same. (laughs) So it's very difficult, whereas this one is a bit more firm. Yeah, and people seem to agree. Yeah. And so we we know the boobery is really big. The other really big seabird we have here is the Great Northern Diver, which is the largest of the UK diving birds, but it is mostly a winter visitor and very solitary. So we only see boobries as the single thing. So possibly it is something to do with that. I not quite buying into it, are you? No. Any of these? No. No. I'm not feeling it. The one I did come across which I thought was quite interesting, and again this was in Henderson's book. He talks about how um, there is a theory that the boobry is actually a bittern, which, or um, it definitely doesn't look like the creature at all. It is a little bird, just a baby bird, but it has a very interesting sound. So I imagine if you heard this late at night or echoing across the loft, and you'd go and think, "Oh, there's a cow. I need to go rescue in the loft." <laughs> And then there's nothing there but, like, a bird in the distance. That would be insane. That would be so so ominous. (laughs) It would be so ominous. So let's have a listen to what the bittern sounds like. Yeah, that is a really interesting call. It definitely, like, I don't know if I would get cow from that, but I would definitely think of, like, it doesn't sound like a bird, you know? No. It's like a capercaillie. When you hear a capercaillie and you're like, that's not bird. Yeah. That's like a deformed maraca or something. <laughs> it is quite ominous. I wouldn't want to hear that if I was out at night. Yeah. I'd be freaked. And apparently um, during mating season, the <laughs> males go like wild. So <laughs> it would just be a, like sitting on like your little island and then all of a sudden hearing like a chorus of these booming cries oh end you of, would yeah you end would of the world think this is like the boobries come to get me <laughs> yeah. a sad thing about the bittern is that it is currently an amberless species uh because it's really really small reed bed dependent population so in the uk there's only about 191 males um uh 70, uh, 795 come to winter in the UK and there are many more in Europe but they used to be a more common sight so definitely look after the bitterns save the bitterns save the bittern. Um so another bird that the uh, the boobery could be related to um, or could have sparked the tail of the boobery is the great auk auk <laughs> and that's how it sounds. <laughs> so these birds have been sadly extinct since 1844, um, and they were driven to extinction by hunting, a bit like our dodo. Boo, boo. Um, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that is awful. It's <laughs> <That's> awful. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Rebecca's had to leave the boffy. <laughs> <laughs> thrown into the wilderness thrown into the, the, the maw of the knuckleavi for <laughs> oh. that and terrible pun that's a grim well, way to go don't make a bad pun <laughs> <laughs> okay so 
these birds lived in colonies on rocky islands, a bit like, um, again, the puffin. Britannica says that their body was approximately 75 centimetres, which is about 30 inches long. The wings, which were used in swimming underwater, were less than 15 centimetres long. The large black bill wore eight or more transverse grooves. The bird stood erect on land. It had a black back and head, a white front, and a large white spot between the bill and eye. 30 inches long is very difficult to visualise. That's the same as six pens or four adult toothbrushes. 13 pool balls. Nine standard playing cards. I can also tell you that it was like three feet. So like... Well now I'm going to Google what things are three feet. Half a tall man. I don't know any tall men. (laughs) I can see the problem. I'm only three foot two myself. (laughs) (laughs) So these things just look like kind of big... I think they look a bit like puffins. Um, you can Google them. I, they're quite like, I think they're quite cute. I def- I get puffin. I feel I feel more penguiny. Yeah, and from the illustrations you can see of it in some of these older books, it's definitely very similar. Mm-hmm. It's it looks in the illustrations as a much larger version of these. So quite a sad tale about these creatures. Um, and this really upset me when I read it. Okay. So, in June 1840, three sailors from St Kilda in Scotland sailed out to a sea stack named Stack and Armin and found this huge weird bird that was like three feet tall. It looked a bit like a penguin. It had a big beak about the size of its head and these tiny little wings. Um, And these birds were really, really slick in the sea. They're good at swimming. That's what they do. But they were utterly useless on land and they were easy targets. So these men, they took the bird and the exact wording in the text I read was kidnapped the bird um, they kept it alive for three days on their ship but then on the fourth day there was this huge storm and the sailors got suspicious that this bird was some kind of like storm summoning witch so they stoned the bird to death oh my god like that's awful just killing it wasn't enough they had to stone it they stoned um, this poor they kidnapped yeah. a bird and then after three days stoned it to death because it caused a storm on one of the stormiest seas Yep. In the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was the last one on the British Isles. Oh, uh, And sad. if this was their villain origin story, then, you know, fair game. Yeah. Full support. Um, they should be sinking more ships. They, they the Burberries have been teaching the orcas. <laughs> they should team up. <laughs> that was my bird fact. Cool. Bird facts. Bird facts. Thank you for listening to Bird Facts, the podcast within a podcast. <laughs> Would you like to take it away with a wildest fact? How dare you do an introduction on my part? I would love to tell you the wildest fact I learned about the boobry. So, the boobry was a monster included in the second edition of Dungeons and Dragons in 1989. You made it. Dungeons and Dragons is obviously having a a real renaissance. There was a movie out. Definitely a boobry in that. So uh, the lore wiki says that it is a giant relative of the stork and lives in swamps and marshes. It attacks by finding a tall patch of grass, hiding in it, and waiting for prey to come. The boobry hardly ever attacks humanoids, instead sustaining itself on catfish, snakes, lizards, giant insects, and other wetland denizens. The boobry, due to things it has been forced to eat in leaner times, is immune to poison. 
It has some magical properties. Um, they cannot speak and they are neutral in alignment. So I agree with the neutral. Yes, 100%. Um, I don't know if it's immune to poison. I feel like it's powerful enough to be. Probably. Uh, <laughs> some magical properties. Girl. <laughs> All magical. <laughs> but if you're looking to fight a uh, D&D boobery, then there's one there for you. You can add it into your campaign. Yeah. And what was the weirdest thing that you learned this week? So, there is apparently month. a boobery, um, which is kept as a prized, spe- a stuffed boobery, by the way, not a live one, um, which is kept as a prized specimen uh, in Huntington Tower, um, and it's perched on a branch of gold, and the Duke of Athol swears a deep roar, a bit like, Moo! <laughs> um, is often heard echoing throughout the stone walls. Um, I did Google Hunt- Huntington Tower boobery to see if there was a picture of it, but there wasn't. There is a stuffed grey auk in the Kelvin Grove Art Museum in Glasgow. I don't know if that's... Cousins? <laughs> Cousins? Sisters? Could be. Who can say? Um, so yeah, that was my fun fact. That's a good fun fact. A ghost boobery. ghost boobery. I quite like that. Yeah. Come to take revenge. Yeah. On everyone that's wronged it. And now it's just going to like sit in the halls and like... Wake you up at 3am. It's the type of ghost I would want to be. I, you know what? That's a pretty good ghost. It's just like ever so slightly annoying, but Mm -hmm. not enough that like you want to move. Yeah. Inconvenience in life, inconvenience in death. Thank you so much for coming on Beastie Botty this month, Rebecca. It's been an absolute blast. So our regular listeners will know that... It's time for our all-important question, using our famous and well-researched scale. Rebecca, would you pet the boobery? I would pet the boobery, because I think it deserves it, because it's had a hard time. It's had a difficult life. Um, and it just, I think it needs a bit of love and a little treat. And you know what? It could eat me if it wanted. It deserves a snack. <laughs> so and you're a snack. Pet at own peril. Pet at own peril. That's where I, I like would that. put that on the... On the scale. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this month's Beastie Bothy. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know if you did. And if you didn't, please don't. <laughs> we'll be recording a new Beast of the Month every month. So please get in touch on our social media at Folklore Scotland. Um, and let us know what Beastie you'd like to learn more about. Bye! Bye! Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page, which you can find in the show notes if you would like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.